0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. It's good to be with you as always, and um, this week I'm talking to a guy you may have heard of on uh, you know social media or read some of his work. His name is Josh Kirchner, but you probably know him better as the Dialed In Hunter. That's what he goes by on Instagram and kind of everywhere else you might have run across him, but... Um, he is a full time writer. He writes for people like Go Hunt and I think Western Hunter and um, Wilderness Athlete, a couple of their places. Um, and also, he does films. He did a really cool bear hunting film this year called Endearment that he put on YouTube. That was a, a really cool film. And he also wrote a book called Becoming a Backpack Hunter. So um, he's a really interesting guy. He lives out in Arizona, and one of the reasons I wanted to connect with him and um, air this episode is because, as some of you may know, there is a over-the-counter archery deer hunting opportunity out in Arizona that kind of takes place late December and most of January, and um, I'm actually really excited i'm gonna be getting an opportunity to head out there in mid-january and meet up with some other guys in the industry and do some hunting and some filming and really excited about that and looking forward to filling you guys in with more details about that trip and hopefully sharing some video content from that hunt and who knows lord willing i might even be able to fill one more tag that would just be amazing so Anyway, looking forward to that, and I wanted to talk to Josh specifically about hunting Arizona, hunting the desert, hunting coos deer, and mule deer as well, Um, but that's something he's really knowledgeable about. We also talk about bear hunting, because he loves bear hunting, and I'm working on planning my first spring bear hunt this year, so we get into a lot of stuff about that. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun conversation and I'd want to get this out soon. So if any of you other guys are out there planning a trip out to Arizona or you're an Arizona local, or you just like hearing from the dialed in hunter, uh, we'll be able to do that before this Arizona hunt. So hopefully this is helpful. Hope you guys enjoy it. I want to give a couple of shout outs really quick, uh, to some guys that left me reviews on Apple podcasts. So, um, Let's see, Bob Runner 6 Tyler Medford, and Jordan Zistel. If you guys are out there, thank you so much for leaving me a written review. Hit me up on Instagram, at TheHunter'sQuest. Send me a DM, um, and I will get you some swag in the mail. So if you guys get a chance, please leave me a five-star review. If you get a minute, even leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts, and I'll send you some stuff in the mail for your troubles, and it's just really helpful. Um, also, don't forget to use my discount codes, especially Black Rifle, Hunter's Quest 20, save 20% on some awesome coffee. also got one in there for Argali, Heather's Choice, Two Vets Tripods. Um, I'm going to have one soon for Eastman's Tag Hub and other stuff in there so check those out in the description fields and um, get some cool gear some christmas uh items maybe and uh, keep supporting the podcast i really appreciate it go subscribe to my youtube channel hunter mcwaters and uh, thank you guys for all your support and stay tuned for lots of really awesome stuff that's in the works uh this year for 2022 and beyond i'm really looking forward to um sharing more with you guys about that and how uh, how this journey is going and how i'm going to be able to come out with lord willing much more video and audio content coming up this next year so really exciting stuff in the works stay tuned thank for your support and as always keep us in prayer and don't forget to reach out if you have any questions or comments just hit me up all right guys enjoy right so mr josh kirchner how you doing man
1: i'm good how are you
0: good um so you said you were plugging away on another article this morning
1: yeah yep right you on uh we are chatting about um practical tips for better spot and stock bull hunting that's
0: nice apropos to some of the things i'd like to talk to you about today actually
1: yeah yeah no it's uh our our uh archery season is like i mean it's already here right now in arizona yeah um but the the brunt of it happens in january so pretty excited about it man
0: okay well i it's really tempting just to jump right into that stuff immediately but before we do i just want to hear just a little bit about you your backstory uh for maybe people who don't know probably most people in my audience have heard of you but just give us a little bit of personal history and kind of your story if you don't mind
1: yeah sure so um Name's Josh Kirshner. Live here in Arizona. Um, AKA
0: the dialed-in hunter.
1: That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lived down here in Arizona. Um, You know, was fortunate. Had a dad that uh, introduced me to all this fishing and hunting and stuff. Cool. Um, That was... I was the oddball out in school because Uh of that. Not a lot of kids. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I can count one person who's literally my best friend to this day. That was the only other kid that I knew that did any of this stuff. Um, so, uh, dad, dad brought me up doing that. And then, uh, once I reached my mid twenties, um, I just got really, really, uh, interested in diving more into, into like hunting and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, before that it was, it, you know, I went hunting with my dad, but it was mostly like, you know, your annual deer camp type of thing, you know, once a right. year deer hunt happens, then it's done. You go home and enjoy the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> once I, once I got older though, I really wanted to learn more about it and, and, uh, really just like how to be successful. Cause we never were successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, did that. And then while I was doing that, I, I kept You know, like I was saying, I was kind of an oddball out with my, with uh, among my peers, but they always wanted to hear about it. They always wanted to hear about like, Oh, how was your hunt? You know, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. So I was going out to coffee, coffee dates all the time, like telling, (laughs) telling hunting stories. And I'm like, you know what, man, I wonder if I should start writing this down or something, you know, like obviously people want to know about it. So that, that's what led me to start my blog dialed in Hunter. And, um, I have kind of always looked at that as um, I am not sitting here trying to be an expert to anybody. Mm-hmm. It is my uh, basic on, basically like an online journal I wanted to have of my journey, really, really diving into hunting and learning it, like being transparent about everything. You know, misses wounded animals, all the stuff mm-hmm. that people don't want to talk about, right? Um. I wanted to share that stuff because that is m- even more so to me, like that stuff is just as big of a part of hunting as uh, filling the tag. Sure. You know, um, they are the, the building blocks to a successful hunter. A lot, a lot of lessons involved there. And I think that is the real meat and potatoes, like in terms of value, yeah. you, you, you can only learn, like when you go out and it's easy an easy hunt, boom, opening day, bam, got my buck. That's great. <laughs> but like, what did you learn from that? Right. You know, all the lessons come from the hardships and stuff. So anyways, uh, sorry to be long winded there, but I wanted to kind of, you know, be open with people about that. And maybe, maybe I could inspire some others to get out there and push their comfort zone and um, you know, uh, you know, embrace the hunting lifestyle. So that's why I started my blog. And then the blog led to, um I am now uh a full time freelance writer in the hunting industry. Nice. Um and that just kinda happened. I, I didn't plan that. You know, I, I wrote the blog and and then just started an editor would give get a hold of me here and an editor would get a hold of me here, and then it just kinda snowballed. So that's that's kinda where I'm at now.
0: Nice, man. So is writing something you've always kind of enjoyed or been good at, or is it just something that came from your love of hunting or a little both or?
1: um writing so i have a, a background in music okay uh, I what was, do you play I, I always played guitar
0: nice okay i'm a drummer
1: oh cool Sweet. yeah yeah so because of be, like a, a i was essentially raised in the music scene here in arizona like okay. from the time i was 14 until you know mid twenties. That's
0: funny, dude. Me too. Like I I lived in Nashville for a while and was going after that for a while and been Mm -hmm. playing drums since I was like eight years old and playing in church and everything, Mm -hmm. bands all through college. That's funny.
1: So, yeah. So I've always been, um, in terms of like writing and stuff, I've always been uh, attracted to wordplay and um, delivering a message nice and stuff through music through music so i i think i kind of took that and i took that into the whole writing thing for for dialed in hunter and um i don't have any formal training in writing totally self-taught you know what i mean i just kind of put my heart out there and and um try to be creative you know
0: cool man well tell me about because you got a um a pretty cool book out too which i have not had a chance to read it but uh, I know it's a pretty popular book. Tell us about how that that went down and, and about your book a little bit.
1: Yeah, so the book is called "Becoming a Backpack Hunter: uh, A Beginner's Guide to Hunting the Backcountry," and that's exactly what it is. I wanted to make a one-stop shop roadmap for people interested in getting into backpack hunting, or people that have just started out and they're kind of, "What do I do?" You know, like I don't know yeah. what I don't know where I'm going here, um, because when I started doing this stuff, there wasn't really a whole lot of resources out there. Like, if you really dug, you could find stuff. Uh-huh. But a lot of stuff, man, was learned through trial and error. And I looked at all that and I was like, you know what? I'm already writing and stuff. I wonder if people would find value in if I put all of these just, ba- and they're not, gr- these are not groundbreaking tips or anything like that. These are just like, right this is basic here. I'm going to give you this book. And if you've never done this before, you're going to be able to do it at the end of it. Yeah. You know, so that was my goal with it. And I, and I'm really proud of it. Um, gotten a lot of great feedback, people sending me pictures and stuff and nice. and telling me stories. And I, I just love hearing that stuff. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what led to the book. I, I, and originally the, the book was actually going to be a, an online course. Oh, cool. I was going to like make an online course. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm a, I don't know. I'm a writer. I I think it would be cool if I turned this into a book instead. So that's what I did.
0: Nice, man. So, yeah, it's definitely a big learning curve. So, um, like when I, I've been hunting forever too, but it was like a complete like rebirth when I found backpack hunting and backcountry hunting and stuff. And yeah, that learning curve is huge. Luckily for me, there's like, there was so many awesome podcasts out and stuff. Yep. you know, and, and get articles written by guys like you and stuff, uh, online. So there's a lot of good resources kind of, but it's still pretty daunting. So having like a real basic guide like that is awesome. So did you, um, is that something that your dad, did he kind of teach you some of that stuff or did you kind of have to figure Like when you said you started hunting earlier with your dad, um, mm-hmm. did you guys do any backcountry style or backpack style or was that more stuff you learned and picked up as you went yourself?
1: No, that, so dad and I, uh, we always had like your traditional truck camp, you know, setting up the camper or a tent, you know, next to the truck. We never did any backpack stuff. The backpack thing, it was really my own, of my own doing, you know, and, and, and what's funny is I, before I started backpack hunting, I told myself I'd never do it (laughs) because I'm like, why in the world would you put yourself through that? You know, like I pictured, but it was just my ignorance on the topic. You know what I mean? Like, cause you picture, you know, dad and I going hunting the whole truck beds loaded. Yeah. Yeah. How the hell am I going to carry all that? (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So I just didn't know about backpack hunting, but then, you know, as I, I was like, you know what, I I dove a little bit more in and the, the whole reason for me diving more, a little bit more into backpack hunting was because I just had like some really, uh, negative experiences, um, with hunting pressure,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, like stuff like, like one time, just, I won't get too far into this, but one time a guy, my my dad and I found this buck, you know, the day before opening day and we're like, yes, this is going to be my first deer. We're going to set up on him in the morning. We get in there and this dude comes, comes down the, the, the road there stops. We're all set up in the dark. Yeah. And then when it gets light, this guy comes rolling down the road, stops, and then we hear a gunshot. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no, man, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's the worst. So, you know, I I have a slew of other things that have happened like that with, with hunting pressure. Yeah. And so so that's so Even so in your really, film
0: this year, your bear film, you dealt with that.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> – yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of pressure, but the pressure that I did have was very interesting.
0: yeah. That was. If you guys um, haven't seen that yet, go check out what's. It's called. um, ah, It's blanking on me. Endearment. Yes, it's a great film.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, no. Basically, uh, a guy tries to poach a sound cub in the film. That's what uh, Hunter's referring to. But. So yeah, I, I, I just wanted to get away from people, man. I just wanted to just avoid people altogether. And I'm like, man, if I, I'm willing to hike, you know, if I can hike Mm -hmm. in far and and get away from people, that's, that's, that's my goal, you know? And then once I did that, I was like, wow, this is way more than just hunting. Mm -hmm. This, This is a full experience. Like I, I remember I've hiked in, uh, my first backcountry bear hunt ever. I was, I was by myself. I went into this area that I've never been before, slept out there. I saw bears, didn't get any plays on them. But when I hiked out of that, when I was hiking back to the truck, I just had a grin from ear to ear, man, (laughs) you know, because I'm like, hell yeah, I just did that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was, it it was so much more than just chasing an animal. It was like living out there in the dirt and just like, that was fun.
0: So yeah. And just the confidence boost you get of like seeing what you're really capable of, you know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And overcoming that. You actually like I was one of my guests I had a while back was explaining to me like um your your brain actually gives you like a dopamine reward when you like face something you're scared of and do it anyway. Oh There's, yeah. Like physiological like response in your brain to that.
1: I believe it, man. I mean we you know, you, it's so far removed, like going out there and just living in the in the wilderness. Yeah. It's so far removed from life in the city. And I've met my fair share of people who just, they just can't do it, you yeah. know? And there's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But like mentally, they just cannot get over being so far away from a vehicle or a building um, and having only what's in their backpack with them, Yeah, you know? So we're, yes. it's just, it's how, it's how we've been conditioned.
0: It's a different mindset for sure. So when did you start getting into the media and photography and filming and all that? Um, so my, so <clears throat> shortly after I started the
1: blog, I realized I was like, man, I need some pictures for this stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, fortunately my wife is, was a uh, professional photographer. She has a wedding business. Nice. Um, so she, I was, I was always like, Hey, can you come out with me for the morning and get some photos for this piece, blah, blah, blah. After so many times of doing that, it just came down to just a lack of time. And she was like, I need to teach you how to do this. Yeah. So that's how I started in photography was my wife taught me photography. Um, and I've just, I've just loved every second of it. I love, I love images, love, love, uh, you know, capturing the moment like that. And Mm -hmm. The filming side of things—that was another thing that I said I never wanted to get into because it just seemed like too much crap.
0: It is a lot. Dude,
1: it's a lot, right? It's, it's a, lot a lot of work. Lot. It is. Um, but however, the end result, yeah, is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I found out about that because my brother, my brother, got really into the filming thing. We filmed some stuff on an iPhone. Like that's what he started with was an iPhone and we filmed hunts with that. And, uh, I was like, man, this is really cool. And me as a storyteller already, you know, writing and stuff, I was like, this is another great way for me to, to tell stories Yeah, is through, is through film, you know? So, um, I I've really enjoyed it. It's been, it's been a blast.
0: Yeah. And people don't realize too, especially kind of with your style of filmmaking, writing is a huge part of that because you're writing the voiceovers and stuff. And that's that's what carries the piece. Now, not everybody does that, but um, I think a lot of people don't realize the importance of writing, even in filmmaking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. When when you hear me yapping on these films, it's, <laughs> that is that is written. <laughs>
0: yeah. And a lot of times that type of writing is, is much more challenging, even than writing like a book or an article, because you got to be very concise. You know, like my background's yeah. in TV. So we would have five, six minutes to tell a story. You have to pick every word carefully. Like it's not just, you know, whatever. So it's, it's actually harder to write something really short and concise than being able to just write as much as you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can't, uh, there's no room for, for babbling. You you need to get your point across, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you don't have like, (laughs) like normally, like for a magazine piece, I have a, a, uh, threshold of two thousand words right okay. don't have that with
0: <laughs> yeah oh exactly
1: with films so so yeah i got to be very intentional
0: absolutely well that's cool man well you got some cool stuff out there again if you guys haven't seen his uh youtube channel dialed in hunter definitely check it out got a cool bear hunt film he just put out this year endearment um and uh, so anyway um, I do want to jump in a little bit in here to kind of, we, we started talking a little bit earlier about um, Arizona archery season. And um, it's so funny because me coming from the East and like being relatively new, um, you know, in my mind, like in years past, I was like, oh, Arizona is, you know, flat desert sand, no, yeah. no animals, <laughs> but it's actually like a really amazing place to hunt. Um, and I'm actually, um, going to be heading out there around the 20th of January to meet up with some folks and and hunt out there for the first time. So I'd love to just, uh, pick your brain about, about, um, you know, hunting coos deer, even some mule deer, you know, in the mountains out there, bow hunting. So, um, so yeah, what's, I don't know. I don't know where to start, but I'll just say,
1: um, (laughs) okay, well, uh, yeah. So we have an over the counter archery deer season. That runs the entirety of January. Um, if you play your cards right earlier the uh, previous year, you can uh, draw a spring uh, archery javelina tag, which is good for the for most of the month of January. So you could potentially be hunting three different species at once with your bow: hmm. coos deer, mule deer, and javelina. A lot of these um, a lot of these habitats overlap. In terms of where species are going to be, there's definitely. Now, don't get me wrong. There's definitely like mule deer spots, cruise right. deer spots, you know, and javelina are kind of mixed out throughout all of it. But
0: Wait, um, question, real quick, when we jump in. So yep. So you can, like, for example, for me this year going out there, I can grab a deer tag over the counter, but I can't grab a havelina tag. I would have had to have applied last year for that. Um, yeah, yeah. In a nutshell.
1: Yes, there are. We do offer some over the counter javelina tags, but they are restricted to our metro units, which are just kind of units that are honestly within the city. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but the, the, the brunt of the tags you have to put in for.
0: Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. Um,
1: so yeah, so, uh, so a lot of these habitats overlap, um, it's a fantastic what would be, time.
0: Sorry, let me jump in again. Go ahead, what go would, ahead. You said there's, there's mule deer spots and coos deer spots. What mm-hmm. on a general level, what would kind of differentiate the two?
1: So I have always, uh, in my experience, I have seen the brunt of coos deer from about Thirty five hundred feet, thirty eight hundred feet, up to five thousand feet and above that, even. Okay. I don't really want to be above that because I don't like being that cold, but um <laughs> uh mule deer, the brunt of the mule deer that I usually see are below that point. Okay. Now l- with I, I need to add this in though, coos deer are are insanely adaptive. Okay. There are you can find coos deer anywhere from twenty five hundred feet to eleven thousand feet. Okay. So they can be anywhere, but just from what I've experienced, like if I'm like, like I've, I've like, um, there's a spot that I've hunted a lot in the past where you can, if you stand in one spot, you look to your left, it's all desert and Saguaro cactuses. Uh And if you look to the right, you can literally see the transition of where the pinyon junipers start. Mm -hmm. And you kind of get up more into this, like transition area, red rocks, a lot of scrub oak up in there Mm -hmm. that transition right there is where I have found most
0: coos deer okay the transition between
1: between desert to desert to juniper okay yeah that is where I've found the most now a lot of bucks get killed down in the flats in the ocotillos okay Mm -hmm. so scouting is key if you are like species driven if you're like, oh, I want to hunt mule deer, you need to go find mule deer. Then you can't, you can't just like bank on, oh, I'm gonna find them at this elevation. Yeah. yeah, that might not be the case. So that's, uh, yeah.
0: So it's it's more um, it works better in your favor if you kind of target one species and sort of focus on it.
1: Um, I would I would target. I mean, you can do that. I've always targeted a certain elevation though, just because okay. of deer like. Uh, cause there is an element here where like, I, d- like you need to be able to see. So we mm-hmm. do a lot of glassing. So if you get too high, your glassing opportunities are going to be diminished. Right. Right. So if you stay in that area, I really like hunting any, the desert areas, uh, the transition areas, those, those are going to offer some really great glassing opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you'll just, I mean, you'll find, you'll find animals as you go. You know, I mean, I've been, surprise there like there's so little little story here there's a spot that i hunt down south where it used to be all mule deer Mm -hmm. all of it and a lot of mule deer that was about when i first went there that was about probably almost 10 years ago now it's mixed Mm. i never saw a coos deer there but now there are coos deer and mule deer in the same areas Hmm. Okay, so it's really I'm telling. You, it's like a, it's a toss up, man. Like, don't be surprised. You go out and you see all of them. Right. You know. So.
0: And yeah. so for the for the OTC archery deer tag that that covers both species yep. and and I guess that would be any antlered buck, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not the tag is not species specific. It's just cool. any antlered deer.
0: Cool, man. And then what kind of um, you know, what kind of food sources do they like to key in on that you found?
1: So, um, there is a, um, I am not a horticulturist, but <laughs> me either. there is, <laughs> uh, oh, I see coos deer eating, uh, there's a, I think it's called a barrel cactus. There's like a yellow flower or a fruit thing that sits yeah. on the top of that. And
0: we're seeing those in New Mexico.
1: Yeah. So the deer, the deer like those, I see them eating, um, uh, butt brush, um, Cliff Rose is another one. You can go like look this stuff up, you know, like on like on Google it and you'll you'll be mm-hmm. able to find it. But like honestly, like in all honesty, what I try to do to find these deer is I just I, I work the sun. Okay. So in the morning I'm putting the sun at my back. So I'm looking at south facing slopes, which are lit up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because it's cold, those deer are gonna be out on those slopes and they're gonna pop. From that, you can you can acquire all of this knowledge with feed. Mm-hmm. You can be like, okay, like I know in one certain area, there's like I don't even know what the hell the brush is called. I just know what it looks like, and I'm like, if that's there, I know they're going to be eating that. You know, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Totally. So you just like, yeah, you just expe- like get this stuff from experience. But so I'll, I'll key in on that stuff in the morning, and then I'll switch it up opposite after they go to bed and start looking into shady spots, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's pretty much the brunt of it.
0: Nice. So you're looking at, like you said, South facing slopes in the morning Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then in the shade when the sun's kind of established and starting to warm up.
1: Yeah. And like another really great setup that I like to do is uh, actually looking at either an East face or a West face, which means you would be looking at a North South main Ridge They're with fingers coming down it though okay Mm -hmm. so hear me out so these fingers that come down there's going to be a north and south face on those fingers yeah okay so you can literally watch the whole the whole thing of them oh i'm over on this side feeding and then i'm going to go over to the thick side to bed down you can see all that from from glassing either east or west so that works really well too
0: so you're kind of on the north south ridge, looking down a finger, and you can kind of see them going from one side to the other. You're saying,
1: yeah. Or, or, what I was referring to is if you're looking at the east face. Uh huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're looking at the north south ridge. Right. So you can see the fingers are coming down towards you. Gotcha. And you can see them kind of do their thing and move back and forth. That that's a really great tactic.
0: Cool, that's great, man. Um, and then you know, as far as like, so you said uh, the brunt of the hunting takes place in like mid January. Is that when they're rutting mainly, or?
1: Yeah. So what I've seen is we do we do have some over the counter hunts in December as well. Um, it like it just started up. Uh, what is it? it? Started up yesterday. The, okay. the hunt um, that'll run until the end of the month. Um, January, there's a lot more units open though. So what, what okay. I've noticed is, uh, right now, like I've been seeing some videos there, are, there are some mule deer pushing does around right now, mm-hmm. um, at like lower elevations. Um, but really what sets it off, the most mule deer rutting I've ever seen has been from Christmas time and on. Okay. Um, and, and coos deer, my favorite time, like, I go out every year the first week of January. Cool. Okay? So, like, that that's when I'm usually out. I'm usually usually—I'm usually around that 3,500 to 4,000-foot mark, right around there. And bucks are – I've never been out and not seen bucks rutting, okay, <laughs> during that time. I've also been out um, – coos deer will rut <laughs> clear into February. You know what I mean? Mm, it, yeah. it's, it's really – it's all elevation-dependent. Like, mm. the – um, the lower elevations will seem to rut later. Okay. Um, and then the higher elevations rut earlier from what we've noticed.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. That's good, man. That's, that's some good info. Any, any other like kind of tips or anything you'd give for a first time guy going out to hunt out there?
1: G- uh, g- yeah. Uh, don't think too much. <laughs> go, go for it. I'm yeah. telling you what, dude, like, I, I, and I used to do this too. Okay. Like bow hunting is it, you're what you're walking on eggshells, right? Like, sure. like you don't want to mess it up. We, you, 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 a lot of people are afraid of failure, but failure is how you're going to yeah, get better. Totally. You know? So what I, what, what I used to do was I used to sit back in glass. I would always find deer and I'd sit there trying to make the perfect plan and wasted a lot of time doing that. And I'd never make a move.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I'd also wait for him to bed down and I don't do that anymore either. And the reason being is because those bucks are so keyed in on does. I've never seen one bed for more than an hour because he's just his mind racing, you know? So what I like to do now is I'll glass deer in the morning, kind of get a feel for what they're doing. Okay. So let me, let's paint a picture here. Group of does, Bucks, buck's messing around with the does i'll try to take note of the general direction the does are moving
0: mm-hmm.
1: because where the, so those does are on a pattern the right. buck is not
0: right he's on so their pattern I'll,
1: exactly yeah. so i'll try to k- try to key in on that and take note of the wind and i'll just go okay and if he's rutting them hard on a hill i'll just go because they're not going anywhere. They're going to be right there. He's just going to be pushing them all over the place, Mm. which is a fantastic time to get in on a buck because a, his attention is, is skewed as well Mm -hmm. as the doe. The doe is paying attention to trying to get away from the deer from the buck. Right. Yeah. If there's a ton of does, that's a different situation, right? You got a lot more eyes to deal with, but so a lot of there's a lot of variables here but in general that's what i do is i'll try to take note of what direction the does are going grab the wind make and make a play and i'll try to get in front of those deer um and if they're running i go after them right away and since i've done that i have uh not don't want to toot my own horn or anything i've i've killed it i've killed one every year since i've done that i'm i'm on nice. like eight in a row or something like that cool and it's just a lot of people they sit back and they, they second guess themselves and they they actually talk themselves out of success before they even pick up their bow hmm. you know because they're like oh but what if he's not there when i get there blah 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 they're coming up with all these different scenarios man go go yeah, over there what's the worst sure. that's going to happen you're going to get busted you're going to have a long walk back to the glassing spot that's it yep start over you
0: know yeah just kind of be aggressive and just throw your hat in the ring get out there
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah that's kind of something we we found this year i was a a antelope hunt with my cousin and um we would drive by some areas and and actually the biggest variable we would we were dealing with in that hunt was pressure um just because we were in a low easy to draw unit but um you know, we'd, we'd go out and we'd, we'd glass some animals and then we'd see an orange hat or two kind of out there in the in the game and we'd be like, ah, you know, you know, and then finally we're just like, you know what, screw it, let's just go out there and like throw our hat in the ring, you know, and that's how we ended up killing two antelopes is just kind of like just giving it a shot. Obviously we weren't doing anything unsafe or like crowding other hunters, yeah. but like we were like, this is public land as long as we keep our, you know, safe distance, but yep. you can't kill one standing in the truck. So no. Or, yeah. you know in the glassing spot or whatever so that's good man um and so would you, are you a bear is like bear your favorite species you think or do you have one <laughs> uh yes bears, bears bears your deal bears are
1: my deal they have had my heart since the beginning
0: any do you know why or just
1: um some reason yeah they're I don't know why, man, but when I first like like to, to jump back, remember I was saying when I hit my mid twenties, I really wanted to like learn more about this hunting stuff. Yeah. I had always hunted deer with mm-hmm. my dad. And bears for some reason we saw we saw a giant uh boar one time coming out from a deer hunt, and I just it was so captivating watching that bear just be a bear. Yeah you know, he's walking up the hill, like his, how, how they move. You never know what a bear's going to do. It is, it is very different from watching a deer. And that, that kind of stuck in my mind. And I was like, man, it it would be kind of cool to bear hunt. And, um, one of our family friends was an avid bear hunter and he was always talking to me about it. Hmm. And so finally I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to, I'm going to try to learn how to do this. Yeah. And, uh, my first year out, I was scouting this area that the the books said was good in terms of like topography and elevation and, and vegetation and everything like that. And I was finding sign that the books said was bear sign. I didn't even know what I was looking at.
0: Yeah.
1: And the first evening I was set up on this water hole and – uh 7 p.m man right before dark this big black bear comes walking out crosses in front of me at 200 yards and i never i couldn't get my rifle up in time i never could get a shot the bear kept like disappearing and then it appeared and then it disappeared and appeared um and then and then it was gone that was it and and i was like holy (laughs) crap dude i I found a bear you know and like that just lit a fire man and i i nice. have been full bore at those things ever since then it took me i think it took me three years to get my first one and um that was just an absolute adventure i mean we, we killed i killed this bear in the bottom of this canyon we had to go down in there it was the nastiest stuff we had ever been in at the time getting that bear out we literally had that we were frog leaping bear meat up a bluff <laughs> okay to get out of the canyon yeah and after all of it was said and done i'm like oh how did what just happened yeah. <laughs> you know like just like the level of difficulty and effort that went into all that whole thing yeah it was it was uh unparalleled to any other animal that i've hunted so i've just been an absolute addict ever since and then nice. not to mention i love bear meat you know bear meat is yeah. one of my favorites so
0: that's awesome. So, do you do most of your spring bear hunting in your home state, or do you travel as well?
1: Um, up until last year, well, I should say technically, it's this year, but yeah. Um, up until this past spring, all of my spring bear hunting has been in Arizona. But I did go to Idaho this past spring, and, and that was really cool. Planning on going back next year. Okay. Um, really psyched about that. It was it was really cool to kind of take what I've learned in Arizona and apply that to a completely different landscape. Yeah. It, in the end, it's the same animal, right. But totally different environment. And it was really, it was, it was very enlightening. I had never, for instance, like, um, I don't ever hunt snow lions here because they're not really here, Mm -hmm. you know, but going to Idaho, once I figured out like the formula, of where they were the bears yeah. that snow line all of a sudden became incredibly important to me
0: hmm.
1: because they were about two 300 yards below that it consistently
0: hmm.
1: and um so that was so that was really cool and i got to and so as that snow melted i got to watch these bears like the first bear that i found was towards the bottom of a drainage right okay and and it was like winter on this face but beneath it it was absolute lush green so as the week went on and that snow melted and it kept going up 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 the mountain the bears went up 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 the mountain the last bear that i saw was almost to the top gotcha you know so so that was really cool for me to experience i've never experienced that here in arizona i don't really yeah. just not i mean we don't get me wrong we get snow but like in may There's no snow. Yeah. (laughs) It's all gone. You're just hunting green up here, you know? So yeah,
0: for sure. So, um, so I'm actually heading to Idaho for the first time. I picked up some, a deer and an elk tag for October. Um, what like general area were you bear hunting in Idaho?
1: Um, I was in Northern Idaho,
0: like panhandle kind of up top. Yeah. Cool. Um, what do you, what do you think, or let's, let me ask you this. So are there any, um, over the counter opportunities for spring bear in Arizona for non-residents or is it a draw or.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. It's over the counter.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for spring bear this year. It'll be my first time doing it. Um, so I'm trying to try to figure that whole thing out. Yeah,
1: there's um, there's a lot of spring bear hunting opportunities across the West. Montana is a fantastic opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, Idaho's great. Uh, Oregon, I believe, also has some over the counter opportunities. Um, Arizona has over the counter spring opportunities. So, uh, I think Wyoming actually has over the counter opportunities as well. Okay. Um, so there's no there's no shortage of bear hunting opportunities. It's just not you know the bears don't get a lot of attention they don't have antlers you know so
0: (laughs) yeah i'm really excited about about doing it we have bears here where i live we have actually really big black bears but uh there's no spring season and in the fall i mean they disappear i mean because i don't really do it but a lot of people run hounds for them um and so, I mean, I've seen some really big ones, like early season scouting on my deer hunting places, but once the fall hits, they're gone, man. So, yeah. um, I actually spent a couple weeks bear hunting here, just like still hunting like from tree stands. And, um, I mean, they were just completely nocturnal. I just didn't see a thing. Yeah. It's but, amazing
1: uh, how a, a, a giant black animal can disappear yeah. so easily <laughs>
0: for sure, man.
1: When they want to be seen, they, they are, they pop like, like a sore thumb, Yeah. but if they don't want to be seen, you're not going to see them. And that's, that's one of the interesting things about like I think in my opinion about trying to manage black bears. Cause like, how do you know? I, I, I talked to people from the game of fish. It's like, how do you know how many bears there are? Because they are the stuff that they're hanging out in. You can't fly for them. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So it's
1: just, it's all an estimate,
0: all of it. Yeah. So are you going to be, um, bear hunting in Arizona and Idaho this spring?
1: Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I will I actually drew a, uh, so, uh, to back up a bit, there are over the counter spring bear hunting opportunities here, but there's also a draw opportunity, uh-huh. um, which is a, uh, an archery tag, okay. which is, uh, so that'll go from basically May, through the end of July, pending if the unit closes. Our our bear hunts here are based off of a uh, sow quota limit. Gotcha. Each unit, each bear unit has a sow quota limit. And once that limit is reached, that unit will close the following Wednesday at sundown. Hmm. Um, so it makes it, the reason I wanted to say that is A, you Anybody coming here to try to bear hunt, you you it is your responsibility to make sure you know what units are open. You can do that either online at the Arizona Game of Fish Department site mm-hmm. or um, there's a bear hotline, actually, that you can call. And, and they, they'll run through all of the units that are closed. Nice. Um, so this makes it kind of hard to plan bear hunts. Yeah. Because you can be – now – you can go out opening weekend and you know that you'll have at least from Friday to Wednesday to hunt. Mm-hmm. But after that point, it's up in the air, man. Right. You know, like, I mean, there's going to be opportunity, but the unit that you're, you're wanting to hunt, it might be closed. You yeah. know, that's kind of, you, you kind of run a risk doing that. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so I've got a archery tag here that I'm really excited about. I, I've never drawn this unit before. I've always wanted it. Cool. Um, so I got that, and then I'm going to Idaho. I got two two bear tags up there, so pretty pretty excited.
0: Nice. So when are you um, when are you heading to Idaho? What month are you heading up there?
1: I'll be going in May, early May.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking too. I, yeah, I'm still trying to figure. Have you Have you ever done any hunting in the Frank Church Wilderness? I have not. No. Okay. Mm-mm. So um, my uh, my deer tag is is in there, and so. Oh, cool it's going to be an adventure. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> we may have to, we're probably looking at flying in somewhere because yep. of how, um, just hard it is to access a lot of the spots. But, so I'm trying to find, you know, um, I don't know. I, I think probably Brad Brooks would probably be someone good to talk to. He's done some hunting in there. Hadn't
1: he? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Okay. Brad, Brad's Brad's a, uh, secretive fella. <laughs> well, <they made> <laughs>
0: They made a film about the the Frank Church.
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah. There you go. So
0: I know he knows some. I know he's he lives in Idaho, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got an. I'm just trying to find like somebody who's and again I'm not trying to like go into specific units and specific spots, but just somebody who's hunted the area that could give me some, uh, you know, some wisdom about that. So
1: I I say uh, just just go in there
0: yeah i mean that's that's the plan right now
1: that's, that's that's all you can do man just go in there and uh just you know use your brain you know and and, yeah. and survive <laughs>
0: don't die yeah <laughs> plan a don't die yeah Gun. man um Well, cool, man. Um, so I know you're, you're a thoughtful guy and, um, you know, you've, you probably spent a lot of time with your writing and stuff, you know, thinking about hunting and why you hunt and why you love to hunt. Um, have you done much thought or put much thought into, you know, um, the spirituality aspect of it? Like, do you have a spiritual connection to the outdoors and hunting or do you have a specific faith you, you follow or anything like that?
1: No, no, not really. Um, I just no I I just feel like I'm supposed to do it.
0: Just feels right.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Cool man. Um well yeah, do you have any other cool uh projects coming up to be on the uh, to look out for?
1: Um so I am I am uh writing another book. Oh nice. Um yeah, yeah. Um, writing another book that's in the works. I don't know when that's going to be done. It is just.
0: And give us any hints on what it's about.
1: It's about bow hunting. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's, uh, writing a book's a lot of work. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm well into it, but it's, I, am not sure at this point I wanted it to be done by springtime and I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm in Um, the editing process of one that I wrote too. And that's a bear too. No pun intended. Oh Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, Um. so yeah, I'm working on that. Um, but also uh, in the future, yeah, I'm just, I'm just filming all my hunts. You know what I mean? Um, I've kind of, kind of getting away from, uh, if anyone's followed me on YouTube, they've seen, I've done like episodes in the past of like hunting trips and stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of trying to get away from that. Kind of want to go back to just doing films. Um, like
0: long format.
1: Yeah. Just cause like
0: I, there's resolution.
1: You know right. what I mean? Like, you, you, I, you can be, like, really um, intentional about a message, mm-hmm. and you can cap it off nicely instead of leaving it, like, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. It's just my personal opinion, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it, whatever floats your boat, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah, doing hunting films and going on a bunch of hunts this coming year, and I'm, I'm pretty excited. So.
0: What's your um, – do you, like – you know, there's kind of different schools of thought. Some people like to kind of put their films in, in festivals and do that kind of thing, but some of the festivals don't allow you then to release on YouTube. Are mm-hmm. you more of? Are you kind of going that route in the future? Or are you gonna kind of focus more on putting stuff straight to YouTube or some kind of combination? Or
1: um, I uh, I like both, man. I don't know. I I am also uh, fortunate. I get to hunt a lot, so. I can, I understand people like they don't want to wait, you know, to put, to put it out, but, um, like full draw film tours like that, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta wait until the, the tour is over and then you can release it on YouTube after the fact. Right. So I'm, I'm going to try to do that. I'd love to put like a coos film in there. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, uh, the mountains are going to give what the mountains are going to give. Like, so I can't predict what's going to happen <laughs> Yeah,
0: for so. sure, man. All right. Well, so you got, you got plant, you're going to be doing some deer hunting this year as well, huh? In January. Like,
1: oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's like one of my favorite tags ever.
0: Yeah. Okay. That, is that one? Do you do, you do most of your filming solo, don't you?
1: Most of it is is solo. I have, um, recently uh buddied up with a guy here a local guy who's also he kind of does his own like his own content too um and we kind of linked up uh funnily enough because of bear hunting like he wanted to learn about bear hunting so we became great friends uh you could probably you'll see him if you watch uh the utah utah mule deer hunt i have up on my youtube his name's eric he's on there cool um he's been helping me out a lot he'll be with me this January filming and stuff like that. So that's, that's nice. really nice. Nice weight off my shoulders.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh dude. It's, it is nice. And you have, I mean, even if you do 95% of it, but you just have somebody you can trust that you can throw the camera to, if you're going to go on a stalk or something to kind of get yep. you. Uh, yep. Cause you know, no, no shade on my cousin, but, um, I was sort of filming our, our, uh, antelope hunt. And then, you know, things happened kind of quick when I saw it It was my turn to to try to film my tag, and I threw him the camera, and I wasn't expecting much, but I got it back, and, you know, I forgot to – Put the ND on, and oh, so no. everything was just completely blown out, completely unusable. And he didn't even like say anything. And I was like, "Dude, didn't you look and see that it's like white?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. He, he, you know, he's he doesn't know anything about cameras, so I can't blame him. But um, for sure, just being able to have somebody, you know, like okay, grab the camera. It doesn't have to be pro, but you'll get it. You know what I mean? It's nice to have.
1: Yeah, and he's to the point where I don't have to. Um, all I got to do is say, Hey, get this shot. Yeah. And he knows how to, he knows the proper settings and everything like that. So that's just been a really big help for me.
0: Yeah. If you got two guys that can film and hunt, it's a game changer. So yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, um, just again, just remind people where can they find you if they want to check out some of your films or your articles or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you, if you search dialed in Hunter, uh, on all the, I'm on all the social platforms, yeah. um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that, uh, just search dialed in Hunter. Same thing on YouTube, search dialed in Hunter. Uh, you can go to my website, dialedinhunter.com to check out the blog. Nice. Um, if you want to check out the book, becoming a backpack Hunter, that is available through Amazon. Just search becoming a backpack Hunter. And I do a, ton of freelance writing for all like a lot of different publications go hunt western hunter um exo i like i try to write in a lot of different places so um yeah just search 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 that stuff and you'll find me
0: cool man well it's been good catching up with you man i think i appreciate your uh insight on the deer hunting out there and hope you have a good season thanks for your time dude
1: yeah absolutely yeah stay in touch man
0: all right man i'll talk to you soon cool